And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Poker and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Solo pod today. Wanted to get something to you guys since we didn't have a Friday podcast. The uh, schedules did not align for that to happen. So I'm going to give you guys just a quick show. Here we go. Oh, man, we've already got 30. I don't know if we can do a question in a minute. We can sure try. Okay. This one is from at Alex underscore Bullerjack, and he wants to know, what do you think Poku falls if he was drafted in the current form in the most recent draft? And the specific thing, what is the specific thing, sorry, about his improvement the past 10 games that has impressed you or the least? Okay, so good question. Let me take a look at this last draft and see where he may have gone. The thing about Poku is that there's still so much potential to unlock that I think that you have to factor that in. You can't just discuss like what he is today because he's still not a great player today. He's still not even a player that I think would sniff a playoff rotation at all. Um, However, he's shown some improvement. Uh, I do think the thing I like best is that I think that he's just becoming more aware on the court of what to do and when to do it. And it's it's just really simple stuff with him. They have just really been working with him on being aggressive, staying in the game, which I think he's done a good job of. Um, However, when I look at this draft... It is pretty strong. You know, there's some there's some weak picks within it, but you go through the first 10 picks, really, and you're like, yeah, he's not better than any of those guys. K, Jalen Green, Mobley, Barnes, Suggs, Giddy, Kaminga, Franz, Davion, Zaire Williams. Like, no. James Booknight's a weird one. We'll just skip that one. Um, Primo, I'd probably rather have Primo. Duarte's better. Moody's more productive in the G League. Like, way more productive in the G League than Poku was. Corey Kispert is a plug-and-play role player that I think will play on a lot of teams. Shangun, Trey Murphy, Trey Mann. No, 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 no. And then you get to 
this spot around 19-ish, where you've got Kai Jones, who's still like very theoretical. Jalen Johnson, who just doesn't play at all for the Hawks. Keon Johnson, who hasn't played really at all this season, some of it due to injury. Isaiah Jackson, like good player. Usman Gruba hasn't played. Josh Christopher's rotation in the rotation sometimes and sometimes not. Quentin Grimes is good. Bones Highland's good. Cam Johnson's a fun player. So I think I think that it's somewhere in in this range um, that he could go in like the early to mid twenties is I think where he would go. Now, if you asked me this like two months ago, it's like, oh man, does he does he go like thirty nine? Does he go before Namias Keda? I don't know. Like maybe he does. Uh, so it's it's a complicated question. Um, so, all right, let's uh, let's go to another one. But yeah, probably probably there. And it's just like simple stuff, like him being more having more court awareness and things like that. Um, at Chud OKC wants to know what rookie fits best with this current Thunder roster. Um, what rookie? So of this rookie class, this current rookie class or the upcoming one, I don't know. I don't know which one he means. I would guess he means this rookie class. Um, I think, I don't know if he means like tradable guys or if he's talking about the upcoming class. I think the upcoming class is probably like a more interesting question because like trying to get a hold of like Franz Wagner on the Thunder who would fit pretty well. It's like, there's no way you're doing that unless you're trying to trade Shea, which I don't think they'll be doing that anytime soon. Um, I think that the answer is Chet Holmgren. And I've been saying that, and I will continue to say that. I think it's Chet Holmgren. Uh, if you listen to a podcast that I did on the Dream Team feed that dropped yesterday, uh, the answer was Paulo Boncaro from my guest. So it's interesting because I do think there's several of these guys that could fit. I don't think that there's like a clear, there's not a clear number one pick. There's not really even a clear number three pick. <laughs> I think that people just don't really know what to do with this class. It feels a little bit like the 2020 class where it's just like, yeah, we just don't know who is going to be the best guy. They just have no clue. And, you know, the, the best guy ended up going three in that class. And so that could be the case with this class. So uh, I'm still a Chet Holmgren believer, shot blocking, shooting, passing, dribbling, like he's got everything. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, at JD underscore Brown nine, how feasible is it for the Thunder to tank again next season? I'd like to hear if your thoughts have changed since the last time you discussed this. Now, I think that they will be in the lottery next year. Certainly. I would be floored if they were not. Are they going to be a bottom five team? It's possible that they're not it's possible that there may be six or seven uh in this i I don't know that they can be one of the worst teams um so that's where i'm at with it would i be shocked if they had the fifth best odds no i would predict closer to seven the seventh best odds which isn't great but it allows you to pick another guy in the lottery and that's what they want to do and it allows you to have a chance you know to move up with the flattened odds so that's where like the flattened odds if you are a little bit better you're like oh, okay i feel fine because of the flattened odds so that's 
that that to me is where I think that they'll be. I think they'll be a little bit better. I think they'll bring in rookies that aren't ready to play yet. Now, Josh has blown expectations out of the water and actually been pretty good for them. Uh, however, there's a chance that they bring in a couple big pieces in this next draft, and they're just not really ready to play NBA defense. And if your defense takes a hit from what they are this season, they're obviously not going to be that much better offensively. So I still think that they're... It feels like they're close sometimes. Like There are times where it feels close. Like last night was not one of them. I mean, they just got destroyed by the Timberwolves. Uh, there's times where they feel close where they beat the Nuggets. It's just like, oh man, we're just, we're real close. I, I don't think they're that close. I really don't. I think that they are still a ways away from being ready to compete. So next season, I don't think is a competitive season where they are, you know, fighting for the play or anything like that. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, at Grayson Wilbanks, are you upset about the lack of info pertaining to Dort and Giddy's injuries? Because I am. Uh, I don't know if upset is the right word. Uh, it takes a lot to get me like real upset. I'm not upset about it. Am I confused about it? Certainly. Is it a little weird? Yep, it's a little weird. I don't feel like we have enough information to to feel good about it one way or the other. Uh, I don't. Like, why is his hip sore? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it's just strange. It's a strange one that I don't have a lot of answers to, to be honest. So, yep. Uh, at Fluky, as of now, has basically done enough for a new contract. Uh, he's done enough for a small new contract. <laughs> he's done enough for two years, eight million, three years, 12 million. Sure. He's done enough for that where he can come off the bench and be a defensive big, and hopefully his shooting comes along. Yeah, pay him a little bit. He's not done enough to get it like a big payday or really deserve like longer than like a three-year with a team option on the end, honestly. So that's that's where I'm at with Bays. He's been, he's been better in spots, hasn't been good lately. Got the tech last night. Those are weird, those are weird circumstances, huh? He's, he's in the free throw line. He, they were upset about a call. He and Shea were upset about the call. Shea kind of started it. Um, and then he, you know, continued to just talk to the ref. It didn't seem like he was too animated. And they got teed up, sat down, and then just sat down for a long time. Um, so, yeah, that was weird. But um, I could go either way on Darius. If he goes somewhere else, I don't think that's a huge problem for the Thunder. Um if his agent's just like, let us go somewhere else. I think that's totally fine. Um, let's see. At Boerwin17, if you got to choose somebody for Giddy to train with this summer, who would you choose? Ooh, that's a great question. I really like that. Um, you know, I don't think that we could get him to train with the head coach of the Mavericks, Jason Kidd. <laughs> that would be, I think that would be an interesting one. Uh, just because their games are pretty similar. Um, also, I don't think that you could get him to train with head coach Steve Nash, and that would be another one that I think would be really good for him. Um, yeah, I mean, any any sort of like elite point guard like that with elite point guard like mentality, I think would be awesome. Like even if you like trained with Rajon Rondo, I could think that would be kind of cool. Um, 
just because he's going to have to, if his shot doesn't come along quickly, like he's going to have to learn more craftiness and ways to score, which Rondo like did a really good job of um, at the start of his career. So any, any guys like that, I think would be great. Um, at Rayanak underscore junior with Giddy potentially out the rest of the season, who would you like to see get more minutes? Oh Lord. I hope he's not out the rest of the season. <laughs> right. Um, this is, uh, this is probably just kind of like, I don't really care. Um, who gets minutes the rest of the season. I don't know that there's anybody crazy productive from the guard position. I mean, they're going to give minutes to Teo here and there. Uh, I really just want to see Trey Mann play as much as possible and see what we can get out of him developmentally and see, you know, more of like, does he play better on ball or off ball? Gosh, it would be easier with Josh, right, to see if he's a better off ball player. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably somebody... Um, that I'd like to see more is just more Trey Mann, which we're getting a lot of him anyways, Which and I hope that we get to see a lot of him the rest of the season. Uh, at OKC, OKC, Thunder Baby, on the serial scale, how excited should I allow myself to get that Poku could be in the rotation on the next Thunder team that makes the playoffs? On the serial scale, I'd give it like a plain Cheerios and don't allow yourself to uh, slice a banana on there quite yet. That's where I'd put it. Uh, at Smiling Contender, how much higher do you think Trey Mann should have been drafted? Um, it's a fun question because people thought it was a reach on draft night. And you go back to the 2021 draft and you could make the case that he could go as high as 12, you know, in that Josh Primo spot, I think is not insane for a team like the Spurs to have him or a team like the Hornets at 11 to have a guy like that. I think they would probably rather have him than Book Knight today. Akeem Book Knight are the same height. They're about, uh, Trey Man's a little bit uh, more slim, but he's also, well, they're about the same age, actually. Um, yeah, I think that Trey has done a little bit more of what we thought Book Knight would do in the league so far. So I would say as high as 11 uh, given his production. Uh, but then I think some other guys would move around a little bit, right? Uh, I think Booknet would fall. I think Shangun might rise. I don't really know what to do with Moody. I think he's probably in the right spot. I think Duarte is in about the right spot. I don't know that he would go any higher. But I think perhaps the Spurs would take him over Primo or the Hornets would take him over Booknet. I think that that's not an unreasonable take. Um, probably a little homery, but not unreasonable. Um, at Logan underscore, or not underscore, just Logan Goodner 7. No underscores in there, Logan. Uh, what teams currently in the playing range of standings would you like to see make it into the playoffs? It's a fun question. Uh, let's take a look at the standings and see what teams. I mean, if we're talking about just for the basketball I think there's like two questions, right? One of them is like just for the basketball. The other one is just for like the Thunder's picks. So in any in any case, I just want to see the Clippers lose. <laughs> you know, they play the Timberwolves in the current iteration of the Western Conference. Play in, they play the Timberwolves, uh, and then they would have to play the winner of Lakers-Pels. 
if they lost that if they lost to the Timberwolves. So uh yeah, I I would like to see the Clippers lose two games. This is my number one want in all of that. And then I'd love to see Minnesota get in. I don't want to see them go out because I want to see Anthony Edwards in the playoffs. I want to see podium Anthony Edwards in the playoffs. Uh, and then, you know, g- give me Lakers Suns too. You know, I'd love to see Lakers Suns again. And they completely implode on national television is what would definitely happen. So I'd like to see that. And then in the Eastern Conference, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are in the play-in right now, and we don't know what they're going to look like come playoff time. It's going to be tough for them to get there. They're four and a half games back of Cleveland, who's at six. So that's a that's a, a pretty tall mountain to climb uh, in these next few weeks, especially with Ben Simmons just not being ready. There's no timetable on Ben Simmons yet, uh, which is pretty wild. So uh, I'm a big fan of the Raptors, so I'd like to see the Raptors get in. And I'd like to see the Nets get in there. So those would be my picks there. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Uh, next question from at Lick, Lickly11. And he wants to know, what is the actual upside for Veet? Like, what am I missing when he plays? He just genuinely does not really show anything. Yeah, Veet is athletically not the guy that they drafted. And a lot of that was they drafted a guy who had an ACL injury. And I don't think that he's like fully back back yet from that because he doesn't seem to be in shape because he was a guy that was kind of flying around the court in Europe and was had pretty good athleticism. He hasn't shown that so far in the NBA. And he, to me, just looks a little heavy. Um, the things that he does that maybe you're missing are he's got really good court vision and not just like passing the basketball. Like he's decent, a pretty good passer, but he just knows where to be. He knows where to move on the court. He knows offensively how to space. He knows where to cut. Uh, those are the kind of things that he does, like really good team basketball player. Uh, however, if he's athletically can't get any better than what he is today, I just don't know that he makes it. So uh, let's see. At Snake Shooting wants to know, what's the lowest seed you think the Thunder could get? So I think it's five. Um, They currently are one game up on the Pacers in the reverse standings. They're three up on Sacramento. Three is a lot. Thunder would have to win a lot, and the Thunder basically have no timelines on their eight guys that are hurt. So I know they won in Denver. That was cool. That was great. Actually, it wasn't cool at all. I didn't like that. However, they did it anyways. I just don't know that the Thunder are going to win enough games. And I think Sacramento will win. 
I think that another team that's kind of in the mix there, San Antonio, I think they're going to win some games. San Antonio's 500 in their last 10. Um, so I don't know that anybody else can catch them. I wouldn't be shocked if Indy caught them, you know, and the Thunder were at five. I think that's probably the farthest they fall. I still think it's the, it's most likely that they stay at four, but they could fall as as far as five, which is not ideal, but certainly possible. Um, at EZB300 underscore, is there any benefit for the Thunder to not disclose injuries? Obviously, Giddy has more than just a, short, a sore hip, just like Baisley's shoulder last year. Yeah, I don't understand. That's where I don't understand the connection there is like, I don't know who benefited from not having Baisley's injury out there last season. Um, I don't know who's benefits from not having information about Josh's injury out there now. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what the benefit to the thunder would be. Um, you'd actually think that it would be better for them to disclose if and when the injury happened on the court. Um, why it's happening, maybe talk about like maybe some imaging. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I really just don't know. I don't have enough info to say, and I don't really understand who benefits. So I'm kind of with you there. Um, at Kale Courtright, if they drop in the draft, what would you do? Trade Shea for a 23 pick? Try to trade up? I definitely would try to trade up. Without a doubt, I would try to trade up because if you fall to like seven, eight, I don't know that I love the guys that are there. Uh, some of this will depend on if Shaden Sharp is a, is available um, and uh, draft eligible. That that will be part of this story is what happens with Shaden. Uh, I like some of the guys that are back there. I I'm I like Keegan Murray. Um, quite a bit. I think that he's a really productive player. He's a little older, which makes me think that they wouldn't want to take him. So that's a concern. If they fell real far, like Tari Eason out of LSU is kind of interesting too. Um, he's a little bit younger than Keegan. I think he's a, maybe like nine months younger. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't know where AJ Griffin's going to be. I don't know what the Thunder would think of Johnny Davis. Um, not a big Ty Ty Washington guy, so I don't I don't love that range of the draft. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I would definitely try to trade up. I don't know if I don't think trading Shea for somebody in this class, especially if it's not the if it's not number one, don't do it. Don't do it. It's that is way too risky. And then trading him for a, a pick in twenty three. Oh, you're going to have to get more than that because, I mean, remember the James Harden deal. They got Jeremy Lamb. They got Kevin Martin. They got a couple picks. One ended up being Alex Abrinas. The other one ended up being Steven Adams. Well, that Steven Adams pick was supposed to be a lot higher in the draft. They, I think they projected them to be, you know, as like in like five, six, seven rather than where it landed. So you just, it's too risky to trade a guy who's as good as Shane, as good as he's played lately. You just have to feel good about having him rather than trading him. You'd have to, it would have to be a slam dunk trade uh, for you to trade Shea. 
it would have to be like multiple magic players plus their pick next year, which they won't do that anyways, but it would have to be that for for you to get there. And even then it's like, man, like I don't know. Like none of those guys are the guy. And Shea could be the guy. You know, the more I've seen of him recently, the more I question whether he actually could be the guy on a team. So yeah, I I would I don't think I would trade Shea. Um I would I would offer up a boatload of future picks. Not your not the Thunder's own twenty three but I would offer up almost anything else in order to try to move up. So uh, that is also ThunderGuy69's question um, at Pac-Man Tomlinson. Have you watched Walker Kessler yet? He seems perfect with the Clippers pick unless OKC gets Duran with its own pick. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Walker Kessler guy. Um, I don't like guys that can't move their feet super well, so that worries me some. Uh, if you, you need to listen to this podcast I did on the OKC Dream Team with Rafael Barlow because he talked about Ishmael Kamagate, who is a uh, a French another French player, of course, six eleven, two twenty, really good player, really interesting player. So go listen to that, and he'll kind of break that down. That's probably somebody I'm more interested in. I'm probably more interested in Mark Williams and Walker Kessler, too. Um, I just don't love the idea of taking a a big that's not versatile, you know, that's not super, at least a, a little bit mobile. Um, he's not, not my favorite player. Um, at OKC Skittles, do you see OKC potentially trying to sign Cam Johnson this summer to get more shooting on the team, especially if the Suns cheap out? I do not see that. Um, at Davey underscore Kingler, is Roby a dude? He's not a dude. Uh, at KLefty3354, are we going to see Giddy at any point before the end of the season? Gosh, I hope so. I don't know. I don't have enough information to give you a better answer than that. Uh, at Matt Jack twenty one twenty five, who are three current NBA players you trade Shea for to pair with Giddy? Oh boy, who would I trade Shea for? Oh my goodness! After watching these last five games, it feels like nobody, right? Um, but there has got to be some guys. But the thing is, the guys I would trade him for, it's like why? Like they're like, no, wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. Uh, trade him for Joel Embiid. I'd do that. Uh, I'd trade him for Jason Tatum. They're not going to do that either. Um, realistically, it's it's just tough to trade a, a guy that's that young and get somebody that you're equally excited about, right? Uh, that's why you would want it want a player and a really good pick if you're going to trade him. And I don't think they're I don't think they're going to do that. I mean, you look up and down the NBA, I mean, who who is it? You know, like Zion is too risky. I don't think I would do that today. The Timberwolves aren't trading Anthony Edwards for him. I don't know if I would do that anyways. Uh, I, would, I would definitely trade him for Jokic, but the Nuggets aren't doing that. I would definitely trade him for Luka, but the Mavericks aren't doing that. I mean... It's a tough situation, right? If you're really trying to trade Shea and get something, somebody that you're excited about. I don't think I would trade him for Bradley Beal at this point. Beal's too old. So, like, what's the answer? You guys tell me. Like, send me, send me some tweets. Tell me what it would be. Tell me in the chat. Like, who is it? 
Is there anybody? Mobley? Evan Mobley? I mean, why? I don't, I don't think Cleveland does that. I don't think Cleveland does that deal. So, yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't know that there's a deal out there with just like one player that makes total sense for OKC at this point, just because he's good enough, right? Like, I just don't see the need to do it. Um, Let's see. At Sean Cargill, if Roby keeps doing this well, he would be a good backup big. Am I wrong? Uh, I just don't think he's going to continue to do this well. I think this is a little aberration. This is a blip. This is a someone has to score the points thing. Um, Yeah. Let's see. Lots of Roby questions. Lots of Roby love. This is great. Um, At H. Rogthar. Is Alex Wright, is a healthy OKC team too good to tank for a top four pick after this season? I mean, probably. They're probably too good to be in the top four. I said that earlier in the show. Yeah. Does that mean they're not going to be in the lottery? No. I think they'll be in the lottery. Um, at Kyle, Panner Baker has Pokey's emergence made Baisley expendable. Oh, man. I mean, I don't... <sighs> To me, I just don't think that either one of them have hit a threshold of like so good that you're you feel great about them moving forward. So I think that those are just two developmental projects that you probably just keep going with and seeing if you know one of them pops or if not, make sure that they're on a low enough deal that you can either include them in a trade that pretty easily or maybe have them on a on a deal that you can cut them easily. You know, those are the kind of situations that you'd want probably with both of them on their second deals. Uh, let's see. Who's the best big man the Thunder have had in its 2011 to 2014? Ibaka, or is it the 2014 through 16 Adams? Could Chet be the new best big? Should we get him? Uh, yeah, I think Chet's got a way higher ceiling than both those guys. There's not a... Great history of Thunder Bigs. You know, Domas, if Domas stuck around, he like might be like the best like center in Thunder history, right? Um, really good. But they've largely just had like role-playing bigs anyways. You know, Ibaka was really good. Ibaka was probably better than Steve um, in that stretch just because he was a little bit more productive offensively and a guy that could stretch out just a little bit. So I'd probably say Ibaka, but it's it's pretty close. You know, it's I. If someone argued for Steven, I wouldn't say like you're an idiot or anything like that. Um, at Mario Catario, one can hear that you are very much in line with Mark's coaching, and I agree. What do you think is something he's not done well so far, or in which area might have space for improvement? I think it's important to sometimes look at both sides. Yeah, I agree. It's good to look at both sides. Um, it's hard to evaluate a coach whenever he's not judged by the wins and losses. I'll say that. That's it, to, I would say that he's done very well with development, and that's what he was brought in to do. If we're talking wins and losses, like he's not done a good job, <laughs> obviously. He's not done a good job because they've lost a ton of games. So I think the next evaluation point for him will be when it's time to win, what are you? What does your rotations look like? How do you handle fouling? Because he said that he, when Shea had five fouls in that game the other night, he said that he likes to keep guys in because you pulling them out fouls them out of the game as 
as the coach, I I don't know. Like, does he feel the same way when it's round one, game six, you're up by three, and Shea has five fouls? Are you not going to sit him for a minute so that you can play him in crunch time? Like, I, just, I don't know. Like, that's one thing that I think you can be critical of because I just don't think if, – if he fouls out in the middle of the third quarter, uh, you're absolutely screwed, right? So – that's something that I think you could be a little critical of. I don't know that I agree with that. I don't even know if he's going to do that when push comes to shove. So, um, at Thunder Rebuild, if we get the number one pick, assuming no shade trade, should we take Chet or Jabari? Take Chet. Um, let's see. Ethan Nickel 4, do you still think that we will tank next season even with Shea's recent play? Yes, I do. Um, at... ML Chuckles, which player will get injured next? <laughs> um, man, I don't know. Hopefully nobody, but I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody else um, turn up on the injury report. Um, let's see. Let me see who else. I think we've got some more questions. Um, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, let me go to the chat, and then we're going to get out of here. So let's see. We've got the Fluky in Germany. We've got K Bizzle. We've got Exotic underscore Bars Gaming. Um, let's see. H Rogthor's here also. What's up? Uh, Hoops Talk 69. Where were the Friday boys? I've been staring at my computer <laughs> waiting for over a day. Uh, just did not do. We just didn't do a pod. We'll be back next week for sure. Um, Alex Bullerjack is here. Kevin Schwesfitter is here. Um, Talk 69 says, I'm grateful for Slam and Jam to have him represented us. Uh, uh, slam through, Sam, slam through, sorry, to have him represent us on Game Theory. Great listen. Yeah, if you haven't listened to that, that's thanks for bringing that up. Um, thanks for listening to that. Uh, Sam Vecini had me on his show earlier this week. Uh, his show is called the Game Theory Podcast, and we talked about. Uh, team building, we talked about tanking, we talked about the Thunder, so it's great. It's a fun conversation to have with somebody who's has more of a national profile. Uh, Frank Terman's here. Uh, Jan, he says, do you see the Thunder potentially slightly overpaying Cam Johnson? I'll answer that question. I do not see that happening. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. A Jason Miller. Whoops. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I don't know what just happened. Uh, Jason Miller says that he's private on Twitter. Oh, no, I just lost it again. Uh, he's private on Twitter, so I can't ask. But now that we have found a rollish, a roll for Bays, what do you think an extension looks like for him? Probably at the most, like three years, 15 feels about fair for him. Um, he says it is okay to DM you Twitter questions. You can. I won't. All, it's harder for me to to remember to answer them. You can always you can always send me a DM though. No big deal. Um, let's see. Grape Ape is here. Way Johnson one. JD Brown is here. Um, let's see. T Coogs is here. Could we sign our floor mopping team to a ten day? That was hilarious. That was amazing. Seeing the uh, team mopping crew not get out of the way in time and stopping a potential Timberwolves basket. It's a it's a good thing for those fellas that uh, it was not a close game. Because if it's like a two-point game and the Thunder win, <laughs> I think people are going nuts, including myself. I'd be calling those guys out. Um, I'd be horrifically mad. Um, let's see. T-Dot, Jordan, Zig. Zechner, Zeichner is here. Um, what is your favorite piece of Thunder memorabilia you have in your house? Um, what do I have in here? I don't know if I have a lot of Thunder stuff in here. Um, gosh, I have a lot of like just like NBA stuff. I have a lot of Shaq stuff in my house. Um, Thunder memorabilia. I've got some signed like James Harden stuff, some signed Kevin Durant stuff that I really like. They're like framed pictures. Um, I really like that. I got James Harden to sign a uh, ticket and a picture, uh, and I got it framed up. It looks really nice. Or my father-in-law got it framed up. It looks really cool. Um, M.A. says, knowing how much you hate player comps, how about Trey Mann and C.J. McCollum? Hmm. That's an interesting one. C.J. was always a lot thicker, but he was older too. Um, so maybe Trey Mann will get a little bit thicker. Um, yeah, it's not bad. That's not bad. Like, not a primary point guard, but still a guy that can handle and pass a little bit. You know, the comp is there for that. I mean, that's high end for Trey. If Trey was as good as CJ McCollum, you know, you're you're getting closer to being set. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely like a high end outcome for him, uh, which would be great and not impossible. Uh, at Paul Hong, how meaningful is it for the state of Oklahoma to have Lindy Waters be on the Thunder team? He seems totally homegrown, plus being Native American. Would have been great to see him in the turquoise jerseys. I agree with your last point. It'd be awesome. Um, yeah, it's been cool. Honestly, it's just a really cool story. I'm really glad that he's been able to do this. You know, I've run into people that knew him growing up, and it's just fun to talk about a homegrown prospect that played here in Norman, played at Oklahoma State, didn't really look like a pro at Oklahoma State at all and has really, really worked his tail off the last few years, played for the Blue, played, now he's playing for the Thunder. It's a really cool story. I'm really happy for him. I think it's a really, really cool, um, really cool story. And all Oklahomans should be like very, very proud of him because it's a, it's, it's a very unlikely tale for him to get all the way to the NBA as a, just like a role player on that Cowboys team even. So, yeah, 
big shouts to, to Lindy Waters. Um, let's see. All right. That's it. Garrett from Orlando. Thanks for being on the stream. Um, at GW73, are you excited about anyone outside of Shay, Giddy, Dort, and Trey? Um, excited? I don't know if I'm excited about anybody but those guys. However, as a team who is about to enter draft number two, uh, that's not a bad list of guys to be excited about, right? Like, I still have flashes of excitement with Poku, um, but that's more of a uh, my heart than my head thing. Um, I'm excited that Kendrick Williams is on this team, frankly. Like, he's I, he's a good player, a really good basketball player. That's going to help these guys. Um, outside of that, meh, not really. Not really excited. Wouldn't say excited. So, all right. Enjoy your Saturday or Sunday or whenever you're listening to this. Wanted to get you guys some content for the weekend. Um, thankful for you guys. Thankful that we get to do this podcast. Uh, Hoopsock69, who's your favorite interview on the team? Uh, Kenrich, love talking to Kenrich. Muscala is the best. Um, frankly, my favorite person to talk to on the team is Mark Dagnall. Very favorite. He's um, really insightful, thoughtful, funny. He's great. My favorite interview. Love to have him on the pod. Um, All right. Have a great Saturday. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.